welcome to the Bank Statements Podcast. Today, we are talking about our Home Ownership Set-Aside Program. This is our annual down payment assistance program run through our Housing and Community Development Department. In today's episode, our producer, Jesse Homerding, will interview Jessica Pavogel, Assistant Manager for HSP, and Kristen Combs, HCD Analyst. They'll be talking about how to avoid HSP disbursement and reservation delays. Hello, my name is Jesse Homerding, and today I'm going to be talking with Jessica Pavogel, our assistant manager for the Home Ownership Set Aside Program, and Kristen Combs, who is an HCD analyst. I want to welcome you both, and I want you, would love for you guys to tell us a little bit about yourselves and how long you've been working with the Home Ownership Set Aside Program. Well, my name is Jessica Pavogel, and I've been working at the bank for six years. I'm responsible for all things HSP, which includes opening the round, training, testing, member communication, first and second reviews of reservation and disbursement requests, and the list goes on. I also have four analysts that report directly to me, but all of our analysts work on both AHP and HSP. I am actually the only business partner in our department that solely works on HSP. Okay. And the AHP is the Affordable Housing Program. So just another grant program within housing and community development. Thank you, Jessica. Kristen, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Kristen Combs, and I have been with the bank for three years working in the Housing and Community Development Department. I'm an analyst, too, and complete reviews for both AHP and HSP. Both Jessica, myself, and many others in our department have experience working in the mortgage lending world and know what it's like to be in the member's shoes. We know originating and processing home loans is a big job, and there are lots of moving pieces. We hope that all the information we have provided to the members over the last couple of weeks has been helpful. That's excellent uh, to know. I I think that that would make me feel better <laughs> if I was the person originating home loans to know the people that I'm working with have an idea of what I'm doing and what I'm going through. So thank you both. I'm really happy to have you here today. I know today we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to dig a little deeper into the home ownership set aside program and talk about how members can avoid disbursement and reservation delays. So we're really going to get into the process and talk about some of the pitfalls and maybe mistakes or or things that you guys have seen over the years as you've done this program that has caused delays for the homeowners. Okay, sure. For reservations, I would say that income calculation and documentation probably causes the longest delays. If you provide too much documentation or the documentation you provide doesn't meet HSP, HSP guidelines, we will require a clarification request to be sent, which will delay approval. Income documentation requirements can be found on page five of our income calculation guide. It's a good idea to review those to make sure that what you're submitting us meets our guidelines. For example, if the home buyer is an hourly or salary wage earner, which is the most common type of wage earner we see, we only need one pay stub that's dated within 60 days of the reservation date and includes at least 28 days of year-to-date earnings. We do not need W-2s or tax returns for an hourly or salary wage earner. 
Another thing is if the income calculation workbook or the ICW is not completed correctly, this will also cause a delay in approval. So we will have to send a clarification request with updates to the ICW. It is important that when we send the clarification request that all updates are made, completed exactly how we have requested them. In our clarification request, we usually send it one, two, three, so that each item isn't missed and we can get it completed accurately within the only one clarification request. We have several tools to assist with income calculations, such as the income calculation slides and the income calculation guide. At the end of the guide, starting on page 15, you can find instructions on how to complete the ICW. Also within the ICW, on each cell, instructions regarding how to complete the cell will pop up on your screen. So those are some issues we see with reservation, but there are also issues with disbursement request. And I would say the main delay with disbursement request um, is that the real estate retention agreement is not completed correctly. When we get a real estate retention agreement that's not completed correctly, we're required to have it corrected. Typically, the home buyer and or notary have to acknowledge the correction and then it has to be re-recorded. We do have a sample real estate retention agreement on our public website that members can use to ensure that they're completing the real estate retention agreement correctly. Also, and we've said this many times, members should not save the real estate retention agreement on their computer and reuse it for multiple households. They should always be getting a new agreement from the HSP public website for each household. We do periodically make updates to the real estate retention agreement, but currently when we open the round, the version we will be using is the one that has an effective date of January 24th, 2022. Um, Something else that causes delays for both reservations and disbursements is when members fail to select submit on the home screen. If submit is not selected on the home screen, the reservation or disbursement remains in pending status, which means we are waiting on the member to do something. If the reservation or disbursement is in pending status, it means that HCD analysts cannot review the request. Status descriptions can be found on page 24 of the HSP user guide. Another issue that causes delays for both reservations and disbursements is not disclosing all household members when the reservation is submitted. Many times we will catch this at reservation based off of the documentation provided to us, but sometimes we don't catch it until disbursement. Wow, you guys just gave us a lot of information, but I think the main things I got out of what you just said is that there is an HSP user guide that has a lot of, while it seems long with as many pages as there are, there are really good how-to guides in there, really good information about submission status or, or your statuses on the HSP online. So if you're seeing pending, you know I need to be submitting it. Like, HCD cannot look at it until that's happened. And then the other big thing was, of course, about income and the documentation that you need whenever it comes to income. 
something I can attest to, because I am actually the one who does the updates on the website, is that you guys update these documents periodically throughout the HSP round. So that is definitely something I've heard you guys say many times is, oh, we got to hurry up and upload this because people need the newest version of this documentation. So with the real estate retention agreement and everything, those are really key things to remember. Um, something you guys talked about was definitely the households, which I think is, can be kind of confusing. I don't think we all really think about it, but uh, you say sometimes you have some delays because household members are not completely disclosed. Do you guys want to go into a little bit more detail about that, um, about who should be disclosed? Who are they missing? So all individuals who currently or well occupy the home should be disclosed as household members on the ICW. This includes non-borrowing adults. So if a husband is going to be on the loan all by himself, the spouse and any children that are going to be in the home also need to be listed for ICW. Even if the loan is just a one, one man loan, all the people who are going to live in the home have to be listed in our ICW. Okay. That definitely makes sense. Of course, the ICW is the income calculation workbook, which is really important. What are some things, Jessica, that members can do to make sure they are disclosing all members of the household? Um, there's several things that members can do to make sure that they're disclosing all household members. First and foremost, the members should be asking the home buyer who will be living in the home. You, they have to tell the home buyer that all adults and children, regardless of borrowing and relationship status, that will be occupying the home anytime throughout the year need to be disclosed. The home buyer doesn't know what information you need, so you have to ask them and tell them what you need. They're not just going to offer the information um, because they don't know. Another thing that is really helpful in making sure all household members are disclosed is reviewing the income documents carefully. For example, if a pay stub shows a tax filing status of married or it shows family health insurance, but the home buyer only stated one person is in the household, the member should ask follow-up questions as to why the income document has that conflicting information on it. Um, it's better to ask these questions up front and disclose those additional household members or provide an explanation when you submit the reservation. Otherwise, we will have to ask for it and send a clarification request, which is going to delay the reservation approval. Another tool that can be used is our HSP eligibility questionnaire. This can be found on the resources tab of our public website. And it doesn't have to be submitted to us, but it can be a form that you can use the member when interviewing a household for HSP grant funds. It provides our definition of household and it provides space for all the household members to be disclosed. I know you guys were just saying that you have a real estate retention agreement sample on the website, too, to help the members and the people getting the grants 
fill that out so there's no mistakes made. And then you have the eligibility questionnaire. And I know you guys, we also put the closing checklist on the website too as well, which none of those things need to be submitted. They're just really great tools to use whenever you're going through the process. Right. Right. Now that we have a better understanding of what household members need to be disclosed, let's talk about income from what I'm hearing, it doesn't, it isn't necessarily just the person who is on the loans income that has to be disclosed. I know in my house, my husband is a veteran. He gets a little bit of disability every month. That's tax free. Sometimes people want to know about it. Sometimes people don't like, is, is that an example of income that would needed to be disclosed for the HSP? Yes, all household income must be disclosed. So whether it's, you know, they're not getting taxed on it or they are, it still needs to be disclosed um, to us. The HSP eligibility questionnaire, there's a list of common incomes on there. So go through that list with your home buyers and ask them if they have any of the types of income listed on that questionnaire. But do keep in mind that that list is not exhaustive. So there may be other types of income that the home buyer receives that are not listed on the questionnaire. Some of the most common incomes that members forget to disclose to us is alimony or child support, social security paid to an adult for the benefit of a child, seasonal income or part-time income, also retirement income. That all needs to be disclosed to us. Also on the on page eight of the income calculation guide, we provide a table that has income that should be included and should not be included. So refer to that table to make sure you're including all the household um, income that should be disclosed. And I also want to mention that um, if the household member is age 18 and over, um, but does not have income, they need to sign an AHP HSP zero income certification. Um, it must be signed by that adult household member and then uploaded with the income documentation. But anybody that's over the age of 18, if they do have income, you would disclose that as well. When people are disclosing these types of income, does any of that affect whether or not they qualify for this grant? Yes. The household income has to be at 80% or less of the area median income. We use the USDA um, income guidelines. So if the household income is over 80%, the household would not qualify for the grant. Okay. I want to thank you both again for joining me today. I know that you guys are have been working really hard the past couple of months to get ready for the homeownership set aside program to start this year. And I know it is always busy this time of year whenever it opens up. It's going to be super helpful, I think, for listeners to have these type of resources, whether it's some of the videos that we've made this year on the website. We have some HSP overview training as well that goes into a lot of really good scenarios about what what a household looks like, what income looks like. Make sure that you're accessing those things too, listeners. 
And just remember, there are a lot of really good tools on the resources page that are not required to be submitted for the HSP, but will just help you as you're interviewing these prospective homeowners. Thank you guys again for taking the time today, Jessica and Kristen. It was good to see you. Hopefully you guys can join us back on Bank Statements. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. I just want to remind listeners one more time that you can find all the trainings, resources, and forms for the 2022 HSP round at www.fhlbtopeka.com backslash HSP. The Bank Statements Podcast is brought to you by the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka and our members, the community financial institutions in Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. To learn more about our cooperative and get the most out of your membership, reach out to your regional account manager or our friendly lending staff at 800-809-2733.